This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. I am so grateful that you've joined us today. Chris Brooks here. I want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. Why don't you do me a favor, strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, today we're going to talk about how to help your kids to build a faith that lasts. What are the number? What is the number one factor in determining whether or not your children will have a faith that lasts them not only through childhood but into adulthood? We'll talk about that today. And if you're like me, you're a parent who deeply desires for your children to know and treasure Christ and to have a genuine, authentic relationship with the Lord that endures for them uh, through their childhood years and into their adult years. Uh, We're going to talk about that today, and I think it's going to be really, really meaningful. Today's program, I think, brings together both young parents who are on the front end of this journey, uh, wondering that maybe you're a new dad or or a new mom, and you're you're certainly thinking through, praying about your children and their relationship with the Lord. But I also want to hear from some of you veterans today as well on uh, what worked. If your kids are walking with the Lord, or if they're not, what do you, uh, as you reflect on it, wish you would have done differently? We'll dive into all of that in, in just a moment, but let me first say thank you to those who are supporting the program. Yesterday, many of you responded, and I think in uh, part because of the gift we have for you this month, it is a devotional that is so attractively designed, but also the content is so rich and encouraging to the heart. It's called Born a Child and Yet a King. It is a Christmas Advent devotion that is actually pretty refreshing, and it takes a new look at the carols. It uses Christmas carols, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, um, O Come, All Ye Faithful, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. You know, these songs that we're hearing playing in the mall, uh, that we are singing at church. Well, it takes those songs and it plummets the depths of the riches of the gospel in these songs, and it helps you to prepare your heart for Christ and to celebrate uh, the coming of Christ into the world at Christmas uh, time. And it even takes you beyond Christmas to the end of the month. I want to get this devotion in your hand, and it's one way. Uh, for us to say thank you for your generosity to equip. So if today you can stand with us with a generous year-end tax-deductible gift, can you go to our website, equipradio.org, that's equippedradio.org, or dial the number 888-644-4144. By the way, Nancy DeMoss-Wagamuth 
is the author. And if you know anything about Nancy and her ministry, Revive Our Hearts, you know her passion for the word, her passion for the truth of God to become our bread, our drink, our passion. And uh, she makes it so practical. And so I think this will be a great gift for you for your life group, for someone you love. And so do me a favor, dial that number, 888-644-4144. Today, if the Lord has blessed you through Equip, maybe you can stand with us with a gift of $25 or 50 or $100 or maybe even more. Thanks to uh, Julie from uh, Wheaton, Illinois. Thanks to Jeffrey from Chase, British Columbia. Love our friends in Canada. Thank you to Kathleen from Spring Lake, Michigan. Thank you to Karen from Norton Shores, Michigan, and so many more. Also, big shout out to Barbara from Stevensville, Michigan. First time uh, giver to Equip. So thank you for your gifts, your partnership, and your friendship in the gospel. Again, you can go to our website, equippedradio.org. So what's the number one factor in building a lasting faith for your children? I got five children at home that I love and care for deeply. And in this season, much like probably many of you, I've gotten Christmas gift lists from my kids. Uh, They don't leave it up to chance anymore. They just pretty much tell dad, hey, this is what I'm hoping for. And let's see how good Dad can follow instructions. But I got sweet kids, and they know I may not be a great mind reader, but I do good at following lists. But as I look at the things that they want, and all of them are are, are really good things, books that they would love, art uh, supplies to do more art, and various things that I think are totally appropriate uh, for my children, at the top of my list is something different than theirs. Uh, probably right now, uh, my passion for their faith to grow, to genuinely develop, is the number one thing that I desire for them. And I think that as parents, many of us would agree with that sentiment. But what does it? You know, we look at a culture right now that is absolutely ravaging um, our children a culture that is devastating our kids. It seems like every time I come behind this microphone, it is with a new report or study that shows uh, the moral revolution that our world is going through, that shows kids walking away from faith, that shows so many harming and devastating effects uh, that are happening as a result of the lies that are being produced through our culture that's being reinforced often through school systems that music and entertainment often are sending wrong messages. And so how do we uh, help to cultivate within our children a life and a desire to know Christ, to make him known, to follow his word, to dedicate their lives to service to him? Well, you might be surprised at what the number one factor is. And if I were to tell you the number one factor, it probably would change the way you approach parenting. And I think it should. Notre Dame professor Christian Smith uh, led a team in conducting what became known uh, a few years ago as a national study on youth and religion. 
It was out of the University of North Carolina, very well-respected longitudinal study. Over 13 years, he examined the faith journey of nearly 3,300 young people involving personal interviews uh, and uh, across 45 states in the U.S. And you know what the number one factor was that he uh, determined was uh, what produced a lasting faith? It was parents. Parents are the number one factor that determine the long-term faith of their children. Now, this isn't a passive Factor. This isn't a passive indicator. It was what parents did that made the difference in the life of their children. And today what I want to do is I want to dive into this study uh, with you, and I want to share five things, five things that these parents did that made all the difference in the life of their children. And what he discovered is that 67% of the kids that had parents that did the five things that I'm going to share with you today had children whose faith lasted well into their 20s and even beyond. But I want to hear from you as well. The phone number 877-548-3675. And there's two groups that I want to hear from. Number one, if you are a parent out there who um, you walked with your kids and you discipled your children And you can look back and say, Chris, this is the number one thing I did as a dad. This is the number one thing I did as a mom that I think made a big difference in the life of my children and their faith journey. I'd love to hear from you, in part because I'm on that journey myself. And I think that every young parent who's listening to us today would benefit from your wisdom. So don't think, well, they don't need me to call. Your call could make a huge difference, 877 548-3675. But I also would love to hear from the other side of the coin. If you were discipled by your parents, if you had a mom or dad who walked with you intentionally, and I'm going to come back to that word, intentional, in just a moment, and you can look up and say, this is what they did in my life that I think made all the difference. I'd love to hear from you at 877-548-3675. This is a community equipped as a as a family of faith. We're a community that I think we can really help and benefit one another today. So let's talk about the number one thing that parents do. And, I, and I, I'm going to say this that uh, even though the study broadly references parents and their um, investment into the life of of a child being the the greatest determining factor of the child's lasting faith, dads, we play an outsized role. And what I mean by that is that the faith of the father typically becomes the faith of the children. This This is specifically true for our sons, that our sons will model in many ways the faith practices, faith habits, faith convictions and commitments of their dads. Now, there is not a one-to-one correlation. And what I mean by that is if you're a single parent listening to me right now, there's no dad in the home, please don't hear what I just said 
as being a spiritual death sentence on your child's faith that somehow they can't have a thriving faith if dad isn't there. God's grace often intervenes in those situations. But I would be remiss if I did not say that having a father, having a dad who loves and follows Jesus and is uh, actively investing in their son's life is an advantage. It is an advantage in every way socially, just about every social statistic changes from education to employment to marriage and health physically and mentally. If there is an active father who is full of faith in the life of their children, and it's certainly true spiritually. So dads, I'm going to be speaking in a lot of ways, specifically to you. And I would love to hear from dads. I would love to hear from fathers who made a huge difference in their life, the life of their child, who um, actively invested in the life of their child. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, maybe you're older and you can say, looking back, this is the one thing that I did and I'm grateful I did in the life of my child. 877-548-3675. And while uh, both moms and dads are invited to call, I would love to hear from children as well. Maybe you're an adult uh, child and you could say, this is what my dad did, you know, uh, that really made a difference in, in my life. So let me just talk about the first thing, the first thing, and then we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll take some of your phone calls at 877-548-3675. But the first thing, and this may surprise you, is intentional time with your kids. Even before you crack open the Bible, and we're going to get to that, even before you sing songs of worship with them or pray with them, dads, you spending intentional time with your children impacts their faith. They are seeing you, and they're seeing your love for them and your love for Jesus, and it is making an impact on them. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And if we're going to have children who have a lasting faith, you can't outsource it. You can't delegate it. You're going to have to spend time with them. And and, and this time can be uh, anything from playing games with them, laughing, enjoying music with them, it is really the art of winning their hearts. If we're going to win their hearts to Jesus, the first thing we had to do is win their hearts. And so we're going to talk more about that. But, Dads, I want to encourage you. This is not, uh, I promise you, this is not going to be a bash session. I'm not going to make you feel condemned. But I am going to encourage you that the greatest gift you can give to your kids is not a toy not a new pair of shoes, it's time together. Maybe an event, maybe an activity, but they're longing, dare I say, even starving for our time. We're going to take more of your calls on the other side of this break. Next up on Equip. I want to invite you to rediscover your favorite Christmas hymns this season with Born a Child and Yet a King, the Gospel and Carols, an Advent devotional from Nancy DeMoss Wagamoo. Spend 31 days tracing the Gospels through your favorite carols and discover anew the awe of Jesus' incarnation. 
Each day's reading will guide you into deeper intimacy with Christ this Christmas. Request your copy with a gift of any amount. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for you listening in today. Today we're talking about how to build a faith that lasts in your in the life of your children. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a moment. But uh, one of the articles that I came across, uh, it was a great article and focused on the family, and it is simply entitled, When Dads Disciple Sons. And it's an interesting opening to this. Listen to this opening. It says this, as I began to look for a church home during my college years, I was met with questions like, do you have a mentor? Who's your Paul? Who's your Timothy? Can I disciple you? The majority of these questions came from younger men, either at the end of their college journey or who are recent additions to the church's college staff. I come to recognize when dads disciple sons, great things happen. So I responded, my dad disciples me. Each time I responded that way, the staff was noticeably shocked. It seemed that they hadn't even thought of that as an option. Think about that for a moment. Thinking about, think about being a high schooler and going to a church and being asked, who's discipling you? And you respond, my dad is discipling me. And they're shocked by that. It tells you a lot. And unfortunately, I don't think this is uncommon. It tells you a lot about how we've approached discipleship. And I think that for far too many of us, the way that we've approached discipleship is to assume that it's the church's job to disciple our children, that that's what youth ministry is for. Now, I am not a youth ministry abolitionist. Some are. I don't think that we have to totally abolish youth ministry. I think it can provide, when rightly positioned, great community for friendship, for fellowship. And I think we need that type of community at every stage of life. It can provide peers for your children to be able to serve and live on mission with. It's a, it's a wonderful thing when it has its proper place in the life of the church. But I do believe that youth ministry is a supplement, not a substitute for parental discipleship. Let me put it in a more direct way. It is my job to disciple my children, that I have the responsibility of discipling my sons And my wife and I have the responsibility of discipling our children together. And and as we disciple our children, the church provides community for us where we can do that along with other parents who are also discipling their children as well. I say this again, not to condemn, but I, I say this because for a lot of men, we weren't taught that. We who came to faith in Jesus, following him, maybe you were brought into a church environment that was sincere, loved Jesus, 
preach the gospel, but never equipped you to with the understanding that it is your job as a dad, it's your job as a mom to disciple your children. And I know that with that responsibility then comes a bigger question, and that is, who's going to train me to do that? How do I get equipped to do that? And I would just say that as much as I appreciate student ministry, as much as I appreciate youth ministry, and it has its place, some of the resources that we've invested there needs to be redirected into us investing in parenting ministry and helping parents not just learn how to raise well-mannered children. Yes, I want my kids to know uh, what fork to use when they sit down at a dinner table. Yeah, I want them to have manners. Certainly, I want them to know when they meet someone uh, that's older than them how to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, how to respond respectfully uh, to authority. I want them to have great manners. But discipleship at its foundation is reproducing Christ in our children. To put it another way, the word disciple means learner, and it is to help our children to learn, to accept, to believe in the teachings of Christ. And I am primarily responsible for that with the church community as a support as I walk out my responsibility given to me in Scripture to disciple my children. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in a very loving and encouraging way, but I want to go to the phone lines, and I want to hear from you. Um, As you look back, maybe you're a dad, maybe you're a mom out there, and you look back and you say, this is the number one thing I did, Chris, in discipling my children, and I'm grateful I did, and it's helped them to have a lasting faith. Can you call Your wisdom can really help young parents today. 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Or if you, like the article I'm just reading, says, my dad was my discipler. My my parents discipled me. If that is your testimony, I want to hear from you. What is it that they did that made all the difference? 877-548-3675. Please call today. Your call will make a difference. Let's go to Ken in Chicago. Hey, Ken, thanks for giving us a call. What's your comment? Well, I think the best thing you can do is you have to love your wife and have a great marriage because if the organization isn't right at the top, it'll never get down to the bottom. And that's how we tell our kids that it has to happen in the family. How many kids do you have, Ken? Um. We got two boys, 41 and 38, and we've been married 46 years. Well, bravo to you. Bravo to you. I, you know, I, I could not echo more enthusiastically the importance of, of marriage. And I recognize we live in a day and age where marriage is under assault in so many ways and so many have had difficulties. But, again, I'd be remiss if I did not say that kids find safety and security in uh, the covenantal relationship with a mom and a dad loving each other as they love Jesus. And so, Ken, thank you for just sharing that wisdom because 
we can easily bypass that. Um, my good friend Rob Reno, who's been on this program many times, and if you're not following Visionary Family Ministries, I would highly encourage you to do that. They are being used by God to start a revolution in the hearts of many to take up the responsibility of discipling your children. Uh, but he would drive home that fact as well, uh, that uh, the Great Commission is advanced not just through missions trips and outreaches through the local church, but through the home. It's through the family. And the way that the family is designed to work is this, is that a family is supposed to start with a man who's in covenant with God, who then takes on a wife, and he enters into a covenant with her, a covenant of faith and faithfulness. And that couple, in submission to the Lord, then have children that they raise to love the Lord. And if you're going to be passionate about protecting your children physically, and I think just about every one of us would protect our children from bullies, from threats to their physical safety. There's no length that I wouldn't go through to protect my children physically. If that's the case, how much more would I be willing to do to protect them spiritually? Because the greatest threat to your children today is not the threat to their physical safety. That's an important aspect of your duties as a parent. But the greatest threat to your children is the, grace, is the threat to their spiritual health and well-being. They need to know the gospel. Now, what Ken uh, has said about marriage, the bedrock of that comes from Ken's conviction concerning the scriptures. And so I'm going to say the second thing. If the first thing that parents can do, in particular dads, is spend intentional time with their children, winning their heart, having fun, laughing with them, enjoying them, reminding them that you love them, the number two thing you need to do is establish the authority of the Word of God in their hearts, that the Word of God is our true north, that scriptures are true. We're going to talk about why that's so important after our next break. Hey, find out more about Equip, and if we've been a blessing to you, support the program by going to our website at equipradio.org, just like Alec from Illinois just did. Thank you, Alec. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. This month, we want to prepare your heart for Advent. Advent means arrival. It is the anticipation of an important arrival. That certainly describes the first Christmas as the whole world waited on the arrival of the Son of God into the world. This is what Christmas is all about. This is why we celebrate it. And uh, I got a great book, Born a Child and Yet a King, that I want to get into your hands. And it's just our way of saying thank you for your generosity to equip. This month, we would ask that you would help us to finish the year strong. In order to do that, we need your partnership in prayer and your financial generosity. So maybe today you can give a gift of $100 or $500 or $1,000 or more as the Lord has blessed you. It's a reinvestment into the kingdom. And as you think about all of the things you want to do this Christmas season, I pray that a portion of your resources 
as I do mine, is invested into the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If today you can stand with us with a generous tax-deductible year-end gift, not only do we say thank you, but there's the joy of knowing that we together are helping to reach a new generation with the good news of God's grace and his salvation is found in Christ alone. Dial this number, 888-644-4144, or go to our website, equipradio.org. That's 888-644-4144, or our website, equipradio.org. Today we're talking about the number one factor in determining if your children are going to have a lasting faith, one that... Uh, endures beyond childhood, but even into adulthood. A study was done by Christian Smith out of Notre Dame. It was uh, studying 3,300 kids over uh, a 13-year period, and the number one factor is the faith of their parents and the activity of their parents in their lives. So today we want to encourage that, but we also want to hear from you on what your parents did or what you've done in discipling your children. Let's hear from Todd, who's been listening in Ohio. Hey, Todd, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your comment, my friend? Well, I'd just like to say um, I got three I got three boys. They're uh, young adults now. I had a set of twins uh, in 1994. Uh, they are 20, or they're 29 now, and my oldest son is, 32 and uh so back in 1997 you know when this all started i gave my life to the lord me and my wife and we uh, we had our young kids there at the church with us and and uh, we all went down to the altar and give our life to god and and i learned really really young in my walk with the lord that you know it wasn't just about going to church on sunday it was about living this new life that i had found in the world as I'm, as I'm still growing up, as I'm a churn in Christ. And, uh, it just become a reality for me. And I, I was blessed because my, I got good children and, and yeah, we've all, you know, made mistakes and, but yeah. it says raise a child up in the ways of the Lord and they won't, won't depart. And, uh, you know, we used to sit down with them when we was young and before we go to bed and, We'd all gather around and hold hands and pray, and uh, they would see us reading our Bibles in the evenings, and uh, they would ask me. One of my earliest uh, memories with my children was the twins were about three. My oldest was six when we got saved. But I was reading, remember, uh, WWJD, one of these books that I had, What Would Jesus Do? And uh, I remember uh, my boy asked me, he said, well, Dad, what are you reading? And I said, well, this book, What Would Jesus Do? And He's like, well, what does that mean? I said, well, you know, before we do things in life, I'd always ask myself, well, what would Jesus do in this situation? Try to, to help mm-hmm. you out. And he said, yeah, Dad, like we do you. And, uh, wow, wow. I get kind of emotional. <laughs> that that, that drives it so much. That drives realize, it home, you know, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, your children are really watching you. And uh, yeah. if you live it out in front of them, and it's not just a – a one day thing, but it's an everyday thing. And, and you're proud of, you're proud of what you're, you're becoming and what you're doing and what the Lord has done for you. And you live it out in front of your family and you see those benefits start to mature in their lives. 
yeah. not just your yeah. own, but somebody else's. And when it's your kids, wow, what a blessing! Well, first off, a man that finds first a woman. off, Todd, let me let me just say to you, brother, uh, man, bravo to you, and what a blessing! And you know, Todd, I don't I don't know if you realize, you probably do. Uh, the depths of the power of the statement that you just said. You know, that WWJD, it may seem like, well, that was uh, a neat thing that Christians were doing for some time, but there was a deep message in that. What would Jesus do really is a matter of authority. The question that our kids are going to be confronted with every day of their lives is who determines right from wrong? Who determines what is right and what is wrong on sexuality? Who determines what is right and what is wrong on technology? Who determines what is right and what is wrong on marriage, on parenting, on money, uh, friendships? All of these things, our kids are going to be constantly confronted with that question. That's why I say that the number one battle we have to win in the lives of our children, and we win win it by modeling it ourselves, is the battle over the authority of the Word of God. When they see that the Word of God is the final authority in your life, when we live WWJD lives, what would Jesus do before we make a decision? And we live that way. And when we don't, we're honest about it and we confess our our sin and we repent. When we live this way, our children then have an anchor for determining, a litmus test, if you will. So when they get off to college and the professor is sharing uh, theories and philosophies, they have a measuring stick to determine the level of truthfulness or morality associated with those theories or philosophies. Listen, I got a high school senior. She's getting ready to go off to college, and she's going to be confronted with all types of theories about life and philosophies about every aspect of life. And her litmus test is the word of God. Scripture is your litmus test for determining right from wrong. Now, I want my children to know that the word of God is timely. It is timeless. I want them to know that it is applicable. I don't want them to believe that it is obsolete. So in order for them to have that, I have to have daily, regular time in the scriptures with them. So the way that that looks in the Brooks household is um, I have a, uh, I'll just give you one example. I have a middle schooler and, uh, you know, in the Brooks household, once you turn 10, uh, it inaugurates a, a new season of life in many ways, a new season of discipleship as you mature and get older. So my my son Cameron, who is uh, uh, 12, just turned uh, 13 recently, uh, Cameron is is being discipled by his dad. And so that means every morning, uh, 6.30 a.m., we um, read a passage of Scripture together and we discuss it. And I don't want to make it seem like it's that deep. We're going through the book of Proverbs together. And we may stay in a book, in a book, of, uh, I'm sorry, in a particular chapter of Proverbs for the entire week. We try to take one chapter a week and we just discuss it and have these faith conversations for 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how much time we have in the morning together. But I'm just trying to instill in him not only the relevancy of the scriptures, but the authority of the scriptures. Um, that's discipleship. That is helping our children to know the Word of God so they can live it. 
Let's go to David, who's listening in Indiana. Uh, David, thank you so much for giving us a call today. Thanks for listening to Equip. What's your comment, David? Well, I think I just want to mention that, well, first of all, we've been married for 56 years, and I think giving a stable home life is part of it. The other thing is we attended church pretty much every Sunday, and if we were on vacation or camping or something like that, we would call around and find a church in that area and attend that church. Now, if we couldn't attend the church for whatever reason, we would have our own church service in which we would right. uh, read the gospel, uh, sing hymns, and give a sermon. Now, the thing that's kind of neat is that sometimes our boys would offer to, to give the sermon, and that's something <laughs> special that we've that's kind of beautiful. held on to. The other thing that's is true. sports. I've seen, like my middle son, when he was young, he was pitching in a championship game, and it was a real critical time in the game, and I was his coach, but he shushed me, put his glove between his legs, and folded his hands and said a prayer, and then he got the next out. He was pitching at the time, so that was kind of cool. Oh, that's good. I appreciate, David, you giving us a call. Uh, man, what a what a uh, great call because that's number three on our list. So the number one thing is intentional time with your kids. Number two is the authority of Scripture, establishing the authority of Scripture through uh, reading. And you could pick any Scripture reading plan. There's no magic formula to that, but you just want to have times where you're reading the Scriptures with your children. And then number three, friend David just alluded to it, and that is attending worship together. Attending the worship together. Dad, they need to see you going to church. And, uh, and and I know that for a lot of guys, that, that may not be easy based off of work. Uh, if you're driving a truck and it keeps you on the road, I'm certainly sympathetic to that. But as much as you can, you when you're home, you want to model going to church for them because your relationship with the church is going to set the tone for their relationship with the church. And so when when dad and mom take church seriously, kids have a higher probability of taking church seriously. Now, I don't want to make this seem formulaic. I'm not saying that if you do A, B, and C, it guarantees that your children are going to follow the Lord. I am very sympathetic to the parents who are listening to me right now and say, Chris, I did that. I, I read the scriptures to them. I took them to church. I pray with them, and we're going to get to prayer in just a moment. Uh, you you did all these things, and yet they're not following the Lord right now. Listen, we all have free will to choose the Lord or to reject him. Your children have their own faith journey as well, and uh, and I'm not going to condemn you for that. But as much as it is possible for us, let's do everything we can to give them an advantage. And if they choose to reject the Lord, let it not be because we didn't model the gospel for them. Let it not be because we didn't actively invest in them. But I believe that more often than not, if we model these things, they will embrace them 
for their life as well. Friends, we got to take one last break. Uh, phone lines are full, so we're going to take another call when we come back. So don't you uh, don't you go anywhere. There is much more to come on Equip, but this is a great opportunity for you to take some notes. If you're a young parent, maybe you just had a sweet baby boy or a sweet, sweet girl, and you are raising them, and they're a toddler or even an infant, and you're already praying over them. Man, take notes on, on today uh, because... These are the type of moments that you'll look back on and cherish and say, I heard something that really stirred my heart. And if you don't hear anything else, hear this. You're their discipler and that God is with you. And by his grace, you can do it. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. As the year comes to a close here at Equip, we've seen so many lives change through our daily communication of the gospel. Help us to expand our reach by giving a year-end gift. Now, I know that some of you can afford to give gifts of $100 or $500 or even $1,000, and we thank you for your partnership. Really, any amount will help us in our mission to promote the gospel. Together, we can reach the world. Make a difference with a year-end gift today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for the generosity of those of you who uh, have been blessed by Equip. Thanks to Isaiah in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I appreciate you, Leslie, as well. In uh, Lenark, Illinois. Uh, thank you also to Julie in Wheaton, Illinois, as well. I appreciate each one of you who are standing with us today. And if Equip has been a blessing to you, can you stand with us? Uh, Let's finish the year strong, and your gift can help us to do that. The number, 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. All right, what's the number one factor in helping your kids have a lasting faith? Well, it's you. It's uh, you being actively involved in their life. But what do you need to do to disciple your kids? Well, how should it look? Number one, it looks like a relationship. And start young because as they get older, if you didn't have time for them when they were young, it is going to be hard to break through those walls when they're older. Not impossible. Start whenever you can. But if you can start younger and you having uh, time with them, that you spend with them, having fun, enjoying laughing together, that makes a difference. All the parenting relationships shouldn't look just like, you know, discipline or what did you get in school today and did you do your chores? You got to build a, a friendship and win their heart. Secondly, read scripture together. Uh, do it as often as you can with your kids. Establish the authority of the word of God. Thirdly, attend worship together. Fourthly, pray with them as often as you can, daily if possible. Let's take a call from Stephen, who's listening in Ohio. Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your comment, Stephen? Well, I wanted to raise up uh, you. I wanted to raise up uh, Billy Graham, and I wanted to raise up my mom and dad. I'm the son who is, uh, like you say, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I was raised by the parents who discipled 
every day. That's great. It was like I would go to school. You know what I mean? After I'm like five years old, I want to say is probably before that. But like, um, I would go to school and I'd learn things and I'd hear things from other people. I'd come home, bring it to my mom and dad, and we'd go over it all. And from the time I can remember, like two years old, maybe three years old, it was always the only truth is the Bible. Um, the only way is his word. And I just ran with it. You know what I mean? Everything I found yeah. outside yeah. of my house, I would uh, uh, take it and I would compare it to what the scripture said. And usually <laughs> the things I found outside, the scriptures disagreed with. And I was like, well, I learned probably about the time I was 10 that the Bible really is the only truth. And it's the only way I'm actually going to know anything that God has for me here for real. But my mom yeah. and dad, they were ordained ministers back in the 80s. That's why yeah. I raised up Billy Graham, because they were yeah. ordained ministers through the Billy Graham Society over there. And by the time me and my sister were born, as like you said, they were. Every, it wasn't. Um, it, it was like it was life. You know what I mean? We yeah. come home yeah. and like we yeah. read, it, and it wasn't just. Uh, I remember going to houses. Like you'd see on TV, uh, we'd call him Preacher Wayne. He'd have every every other day we'd go over to his house and he'd have just people from the city come over and he'd be teaching the Bible. He'd have his little blackboard and everything there. He'd, but it was inside his <laughs> living room. You know what I mean? It was uh, that's how I was. What raised. a legacy! What a legacy! Well, let me just say this to you, Stephen. Um, obviously, you you are the product of uh, what I what I'm encouraging here. And there's something that Stephen said that I think is really important as well creating an environment within your home within my home in which our kids can ask questions is really important and uh man is is this challenging on one level and easy on another on on one level it's easy and that you can simply say to your kids hey what questions are on your heart what what are you processing right now what do you um have questions about faith about again, life, about friendships, all these things. And I think just actively listening to your kids, you know, so often uh, we invite them into our world. And I like to think of it this way. I need to, at times, visit their world and just get into, um, man, what are they listening to? Um, What are they involved in by way of conversations? The hard part about that is that you can't force them. You can't force them, and you have to be measured in how you respond. But, man, creating an environment in which kids can ask questions is such a gift, and uh, we need to pray about that. So what do you do as we get ready to close today's program if you've blown it? What do you do if you're listening to me right now and you just feel uh, like, Chris, uh, it's too late for me and I've blown it? Well, I think the first thing you do is you admit that. There's no point in us deceiving ourselves, and it's impossible for us to deceive God. He already knows. And then we throw ourselves on the mercy of the court. We ask our kids to forgive us if they um, are willing to, and we ask the Lord to forgive us. And then we commit to doing everything we can to be active and involved in encouraging their faith. Maybe it's face-to-face, if that's possible. Maybe it's through letters that you write, cards that you send. But do everything you can to be a parent that passes on a legacy of faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, what a joy it's been to be with you today. I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, 
As always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.